Uh, things are getting spicy on the timeline. The grip report starts right now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? It's the one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said, what do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. Greetings, Hoteps. Welcome to the Griff Report live Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. Hotep to the chat. Hotep to the Hotep of Stannies. Hotep. What's up, y'all? Wait, what the hell's going on here? Who in the chat? Who in the chat? Um, Yeah, maybe I should have the screens like this. I'm not stretching to read the chat. Straw Dad in the chat. What up, bro? Steph Colonel, Meta Step. What up, bro? Hmm. Oh, excuse me. Haram life. Renee Vogel in the house. Hotel Yatu Savis. Jay Pylon. What up, man? Hope you guys had a good show last night. Make sure you check out Cannon and Jay. Uh, also, check out the Haram Life podcast. One of our sister networks over here at Hotep Nation. How y'all been feeling, man? Um, So check this out, right? This morning, uh, I was Google searching something. And you know how they have that little box inside Google? Let's see. For example, it's called a knowledge panel. So let's type in, let's type in just Candace Owens, right? Type in Candace Owens and let's see. Okay, cool. So let me share my screen. So you have this thing called the knowledge panel over here on the right-hand side, right? Now, Google controls that until you take control of it. I think that's how it works. Don't don't um don't quote me on that. So I went to uh, as you can see, it has this button here. It says uh, claim this knowledge panel, right? So I was like, oh yeah, remember I had a knowledge panel. So I said, let me see what my knowledge panel has is. If you type in Hotep Jesus, I have no knowledge panel. There's just there's just no knowledge panel. Now there used to be one. And then I hit that button one day that said claim this knowledge panel. And they make you fill out all this information and dox yourself and whatnot. And I went ahead and I filled out the information. I doxed myself. I mean, Google already knows everything about me. So I, I gave them my information, all of that. And then I got an email back sometime later. It said, uh, no can do, sir. Fuck you. That's basically what Google told me. They said, you can kiss my ass. You can kiss my white ass, said Google. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right. I'll 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 just take that on the chin like a soldier. So when I saw it disappeared, I said, well, let's see what else is here. So I went to start scrolling. And then I saw at some point my name was mentioned um 
on Reddit. And it says right here, Jesus Hotep is a danger to our security as indigenous dot, dot, dot. And excerpts here says Jesus Hotep is a danger to our security as indigenous peoples from our Polynesian cousins to the Inuk, to the tribes all across the Americas. So I clicked on it. <laughs> and this popped up. It says here, Jesus Hotep, why well, I, you know, uh, it continues as to the tribes all across the Americas. And I knew what this was about. You know, this is probably stemming from the conversation I had with Joe Rogan about black people uh, being the natives here in America. And uh, they say, first of all, they spell my name backwards. It's Jesus Hotep and not Hotep Jesus. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I've never seen it done like that before. Um, it says Jesus Hotep. You know, people, sometimes they call me Hot Step. I've been called Hot Step Jesus. I think the first person to call me Hot Step was Charlie Kirk. We were at uh, the uh, Black Conservative Summit in Arizona. You know, I told this story to you about that event. Matter of fact, I should tell you another story about that event since we're here. So we're at the Black Conservative Summit, and this time we're at one of the breakfasts. And TBOSA was paying everything, so everything was tasting wonderful. I had some of the best breakfast. ABL, all the guys were there, right? And um, this lady barges in. This lady barges in. And she's like one of these like raging liberals. And I think she saw all the MAGA hats, so she got triggered. So I figured, you know, let, let the diversity hire guy speak, Charlie Kirk. Let the DEI guy speak. So she starts talking about white nationalist groups. And I said, I kind of like the white nationalist groups. And then Charlie Kirk turns to me and silences me. Be quiet. Don't say that. Now I can understand why he didn't want me to say something like that, because it could be quite triggering. But I figured since I was a DEI hire, you know, let me speak to this white woman and tell her my experience instead of having a white woman speak for all these black people in this room with a singular white man. Because I think only Charlie Kirk was there and everybody else in the room was black. So they let the black people speak, Charlie. And so he, you know, handled the situation, whatever. She walked away. But um, the way he said it was very slave massa-ish. I was taken back. I was like, oh, my gosh. Did he just talk to me like that? Wow. This kid has uh, he's got some cojones on him. But I, I, in, in a way, I admired it because I'm like, this kid is like 24 years old, but he feels like he's running shit. This is amazing. I was like, wow, I, I actually have to commend you for just feeling like a boss. So in a way, I was like, I wanted to be offended, but I was so impressed that I, I, I could not be offended. I was impressed. I was like, wow, OK, it's got a strong personality here. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to have any discourse with that white woman. Um. And things did not escalate. But anyway, maybe Charlie made the right, right move. So coming back here, it says Jesus Hotep is a man who claims radical Afrocentrism. Radical Afrocentrism. Damn, I'm a radical now. <laughs> I 
and how indigenous people are frauds. Now, I don't quite recall calling the indigenous people frauds. I, I don't I don't I don't recall saying that. I do remember pointing out the fraudulence in the abuse of the dolls role, aka the five dollar Indian. But I, I don't remember calling indigenous people frauds. But you can't be the left without gaslighting. So it says this is the same with Mormons and other fringe groups. And so now we're being the hoteps are being compared to Mormons. I've noticed their hostility towards us and getting more and more extreme. I think the future blood could be shed because of it. Bloodshed? <laughs> Wait, what? And this is under our India country. That's the name of this community. Our India country. Um, and I guess this user's since been deleted. It says deleted. So the user has deleted their account. I don't know what that's about. Um, but hostility and bloodshed? What? <laughs> hey, full disclosure, I ain't got no beef with nobody. I don't want no bloodshed with nobody. I'm not an extremist. I'm not a radical. I come in peace. <laughs> I know this means victory, but still. I, I come in peace. Okay. I think this man is a hate movement leader. I'm a hate movement leader. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Hate movement leader, not too different from the KKK. Bro. <laughs> Hey, yo. Oh, my God. KKK? So the Hoteps are now like the new KKK, where the goal is supremacy of the race. Wow. That's the goal? The goal is race? I, I, I can't imagine trying to have a goal of race supremacy. I'm over here trying to fucking turn men of order into um, a multi-billion dollar company and they're over here talking about race wars. Steph Colonel with the $5 super. He said, Jesus Hotep is the dark link. If you know, you know. Oh, so my alter ego is Jesus Hotep. So I'm Otep Jesus and my alter ego is Jesus Hotep. <laughs> Strong Dad said, wait till you see my Reddit page. Oh, I know they was on your button. Pause. Speaking of button, we don't get into that. Um, so the goal is supremacy of the race, uh, they advocate for, and it's effing disgusting. They will grow more and more loud as time passes. And I fear a future where they will harm us physically, mentally, morally, legally, and otherwise legally, <laughs> legally. I wish I had that much power to change some laws in this country. What in the hell? Let's look at some of the comments. Um, hoteps are effing weird. I know one in real life and die makes me wish I didn't know him. Okay. 129 upvotes. 
Damn, never heard of them before. Okay, let's continue. It's the new modern form of the wackiest five percenters, NOI, misogynistic, black supremacy ideas. Interesting. Okay. Then there's a whole paragraph here. I'm not going to read all of this. It's actually something I've had discussions about with my black allies. <laughs> my black allies. <laughs> and uh, the vast majority of them agree that hoteps are a serious problem and extremely toxic in the activist community. From what I understand, black supremacy and black nationalist movements are sort of a trauma response where a group of people were so forcefully disconnected from the traditional culture that they had to create a new one. However, that new one is based on a false or heavily distorted history, heavily influenced by the white supremacy that the group experienced. All of the black activists I associate with earnestly advocate for land back and decolonization. Wow. Um, I met one at work. I don't know if she's a hotep specifically, but she believes Africans are the original natives. She's nice otherwise, but it makes me so sad that people believe that stuff. He began his career on Twitter where he aimed to publish viral tweets. He went on to work as a marketer for 50 cents energy drink, and it was during his involvement in the hip-hop industry that he experienced his spiritual awakening. Uh, so they respond and said that isn't representative to what he really is and stands for. And they respond, I don't know, man, anyone who represents an energy drink ought to be treated with suspicion by default. <laughs> My first thought is a marketing guy whose aim is they have bad grammar, by the way, whose aim is to publish viral tweets. Starting a crazy movement probably doesn't really stand for much. It says more about the people that follow him and there's not much you can do for them. Damn. I deal with hoteps all the time at lefty groups in the PNW. They're very real and very much do not like native people. <laughs> Wait, what? Hoteps don't like native people now? Uh, but Mormons are still around with a whole ass state and we're chilling. Um, I guess we're going to have a fuck the hoteps thread every other week now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Can you provide some examples of his hatred and threats? This person says. Oh, man. They dug up an article I wrote. This is back when we were talking about the alt-right. Oh, man. How is he dangerous? I mean, I'm not agreeing with the damn thing he says. He's off guard. Uh, and hoteps generally are ludicrous, but they have no purchase in any major political movement. True. Uh, they have no prominent government figures and limited capacity to sway anyone to their cause. This is true. Um, so they wrote, uh, they wrote a nice defense here. So I repeat, Hotep Jesus is a loon. Okay, so much for defense. As are his ilk. But danger, real systemic danger, implies power and a desire to wield it violently. He has no power, nor does anyone else in the Hotep movement. And there's nothing about their ideology that would indicate any remote likelihood of them becoming suddenly popular like QAnon became with American evangelicals. I don't discount the possibility of some sort of isolated terrorist activity from that community. Damn. 
but isolated terrorist activities can arise from basically any ideology. That's true. Um, yeah. So interesting things being said here. Um, Rudy said, this is hilarious. HJ, the Reddit trolls are on you. Like why don't race, man? Listen, these leftists are something else. I kind of want to, I kind of want to, um, talk about the whole native thing so there's this new movie with leonardo dicaprio out anybody check that out yet and it's about the osage tribe now the whole time i'm watching the movie i'm like these got to be some black folks right obviously i'm just speculating i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about um so it's right here the osage or osage tribe um and it says the tribe developed in ohio mississippi rivers around 700 bc okay so this is a really the yeah the name of the movie is killers of the flower moon yeah um and you see the osage tribe here and they have um some images here i'll pull up i'll pull up some images here's an image of them right and here, here you see them here you see the osage tribe right and they have that very, um, very much like Peruvian Aztec look to their phenotype, right? That Peruvian Aztec copper colored people uh, to their phenotype. Now, with that being said, um, what's this? Oh, it's a statue. Um, what's this? Looks like a nice drawing of some sort. Um, what's this? I I just want to look at some of the images. I haven't, you know, this was not prep at all. Here's some images of some drawings of them. Now, in the movie, basically what happens is, uh, you know, it's not really a spoiler here, but basically what happens is the white man's mixing with the Osage tribe. And, you know, basically what they want to do is they want to inherit their land. And uh, in order to inherit their land, they marry into the tribe. And when they marry into the tribe, uh, if their spouse were to die, then they would inherit said land. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, my rough Afro radical Afrocentric point of view says, well, what was the Osage tribe before the mixture with the white folks? What was their phenotype before the mixture with white folks? You know, or their mixture with the Mongols, right? Um, also. Uh, the mixture with the Aztecs, mixture with the Spanish, so on and so forth, right? So you want to tell me about people, but it's like, when was the camera invented? Like, what year camera invented? And then kind of mass produced. Our first camera was 1816, right? All right. So then you probably have to think about the mass production and sales of it. So... You know, my my radical Afrocentric view says these ain't the original natives. 
maroon color uh etymology maroon yeah yeah haven't seen the movie yet but it seems to be white man steals land type of movie again yeah it's definitely that uh holden says um i'm a hotep and i can prove my family lineage here you know my thing is um we was all here you know, the white man came here, the, the black man came here, the Osage tribe was here. You know, my my thing is, I'm just adding nuance to the conversation. You know, I'm just saying you can't say all black people were dragged here on slave ships. Some of them was already here. That's that's my only point. There was niggas here already. And that's already been documented. Um, you got the, uh, what's it, Chickasaw tribe and the Choctaw tribe and the Seminoles. Everybody pretty much is in agreement that the Seminoles are a black tribe. Um, so yeah, unfortunate that, you know, these things occur on the internet, but this is the internet. Anyway, let's get to the, to the juicy part of today's presentation. Actually, before we get into that, let's go right here. Let's, let's play this clip, give people some time to come in and all right, let's play this clip. Hold on a second. I yes, thought sir. this was funny. I thought this clip was absolutely hilarious. Hold on, let me pull it up on the screen. People are coming back to their consciousness, sir. Did you poison the food supply? Yes, sir. There's no mineral left in the soil. Are you feeding them negativity on the news? Yes, sir. War and death. Social media. Yes, sir. Gender war. Damn. Racism. It's not enough. They keep coming back. What do we do? We need to lower their immune systems. I thought we did that already with the virus, sir. What else can we do? More poison. We'll put more poison in the crop field. We use all the we'll poison. We'll poison the animals. The animals. And tell them to eat the animals. This is why you're our leader, sir. Put the poison in the yeah. animals. Train yeah. doctors to not address the cause. I see where you're going. But only the, the symptom. symptom. So, so they'll, they'll get, get treated, treated forever, forever and eventually, and eventually die. die. And we still get, get the money. Sir, what about the people that have found cures for these diseases and are trying to help other people cure these we'll diseases? We'll make it punishable by law to say you can cure disease. What about the people that know the truth about COVID? Punishable by law to spread misinformation about COVID. But sir, that's free speech. We can't pass a law we'll like that. We'll pay social media to take down people that you even say the that. word COVID. <laughs> this is so perfect. That's so perfect. Cause that's, that's definitely our world. That's definitely Western civilization and what we're dealing with here. Um. All right, let's go to the next thing. Let's go to the next thing. You need the link to that? All right, hold on. It's People on Chief are Nerd back page. To the go to the Chief Nerd page. You'll see it pop up there. I just thought it was hilarious. All right, let's go to the... So yesterday we covered the Candace Owens thing, and I missed something. I missed something mostly because the bookmarks on desktop Twitter do something very funky. So... One thing it does is when I delete a bookmark, it'll bring it back like I didn't delete it. Um, another thing it does is it shuffles them. So they're not in the order in which that, you know, I previously looked at or viewed them in. Um, so I'm having to try and keep the bag slimmer so it has less glitches. And I think that seems to be working here. Uh, at least for the time being. So I wanted to bring this up. Um, 
So this is Peter Rosenberg at Hot 97. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, I'm pretty much blackballed from Hot 97. Um, so I had a, a podcast interview with um, Willie Dope. And uh, I tweeted out on purpose. I knew I knew Ebro would see it. But I, you know, I said, you know, if I'm not welcome, I want to make sure I'm not welcome. I don't want to go all the way to New York and I get to the door and they tell me I can't come in. So I tweet out on my way to Hot 97 Studio for a podcast. Five minutes later, I get a phone call from Willie Dope. Actually, I didn't get a phone call. I got a text message. He said, hey, man, uh, we're going to have to reschedule that interview. Keep in mind, we confirmed the day before. I never did do that podcast. Gatekeepers. Now, I remember being a kid and my greatest dream was to be on Hot 97. And I did live that dream out. I did live that dream out when I was working for 50 Cent. We used to, uh, we sponsored a Friday night event. And uh, it was a Hot 97 event. And Bobby Trends was the DJ. And he was mad cool. Bobby Trends was mad, mad cool. Like, Dude literally let me take over Hot 97 for like five minutes straight. He was like, yo, whenever you want, just say something. Just press this button right here. And dead ass, I was took over Hot 97 for like five minutes. It was the, one of the greatest moments of my life. I remember my homeboy hit me the next day. Like, bro, we heard you on Hot 97. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm we outside. You know, I was just really ecstatic. So I did get to live out my dream. Um, But... I am pretty much blackballed because Ebro is the PD up there. He follows me on Twitter, but Ebro, uh, I think he has a problem with me being aligned with MAGA or however that thing goes. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, uh, I'm a coon, a sellout, aligned with MAGA. I'm not really sure what the deal is, but he basically said I will never be invited to Hot 97. And Peter Rosenberg is somebody else who I happened to meet. And I have to say that my meeting with him uh, was not exactly cordial. He came off like an asshole. Moral of the story is these are our gatekeepers in black hip hop. Two Jewish guys, right? And today we're talking about is Candace Owens anti-Semitic, right? And uh, so Ebro Darden is a Jew and so is Peter Rosenberg. He is a Jew. Some people start saying that Jews are gatekeeping. You know, I ain't here to ruffle no feathers, but these motherfuckers be gatekeeping. At least Peter Rosenberg and or at least Ebro Dart, right? And when you read this tweet from Peter Rosenberg, this reads like gatekeeper. This reads like gatekeeper, okay? He says here, so sick of the idea that conversations need to be had with bigots, trolls, and immoral a-holes. Exchanging ideas among smart, good people is useful. Hearing a hateful hack babble about hate is not worth anyone's time. And he's talking about the fact that Candace Owens is having a discussion with Joe Budden. Now, you guys know how I feel about Candace Owens having a conversation with Joe Budden, so there's no need to rehash that. But I'm not here to say that the conversation shouldn't happen. You know, if the conversation is two grown folk, they want to make a podcast, have at it. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. You know, why not? But they want to gatekeep and say who can speak 
to black people. That's really what it is. It's like this Jewish guy here, Rowan Rosenberg, is saying, don't let these two black people speak. Actually, let me let Candace Owens speak for herself. Let me find a tweet. Her response, I thought, oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was like, ah, oh, really? Damn. Tell them how you really feel. Here you go. All right, I found it. So, Candace Owens says, I love this so much. I don't know who Peter Rosenberg is, but I want to thank him for freaking out about me and Joe Button speaking with one another. One of the topics uh, me and uh, discusses, uh, one of the topics me and Joe covered is exactly uh, is who is exactly behind trying to prevent and fracture black American relationships via the media. Literally, who the hell is Rosenberg, who grew up in one of the wealthiest towns in America? Uh, to step to two black people who came from nothing to tell them they shouldn't speak. Who the hell is Peter Rosenberg? Serious question. Then she says, Peter Rosenberg, M dash. I have to be clear, that's an M dash. Um, I would like to invite you to shut the hell up when black people are speaking to one another. Go off, Candy. Go off. That's what I'm talking about. It's always these white liberals trying to stick their nose in our business when we trying to have a conversation. You got a left black, a right black trying to have a conversation. And we can't even have a conversation. Don't don't platform Candace Owens. I would never tell somebody not to platform Candace Owens. I would never do that. I would never do. So when she said that, Oh, man, that shit hit my bones. Pause. Wonderfully said. Mind your business. Ain't nobody ask you for permission. Says, then I guess she got the, somebody sent her the memo on his background. Peter Rosenberg is a plantation supervisor. Damn. His dad, MJ Rosenberg, worked on Capitol Hill for Democratic senators and House members for 20 years then worked with APAC for six years thereafter. As Joe Budden and so discussed, there is a government vested interest in keeping black Americans ignorant while they are fed filth. A 70% illiteracy rate is proof of that. Damn. Is Peter Rosenberg a plant? Damn. We got more. Hold on. There's more here. There's more here. So this was uh, fairly um, popular news, somewhat popular news on the hip hop blogs this week. The hip hop blogs ain't got shit to talk about outside of Diddy anyway. So let's go to the next tweet. So we know that now I need to, I need Goldstein on this one. I need Goldstein on this one. Goldstein, help me figure out what the hell is going on here. I need to know. I need to know. Okay. Now remember when Ben Shapiro dropped that rap song with that uh, MAGA rapper. I forget his name. Tom McDonald, I think. Yeah, Tom McDonald. His name's Tom, right? Yeah, Tom. Tom McDonald. 
And Nicki Minaj responded to it. Here Candace Owens tweets. Let me make sure you guys can see this. Good. Nicki Minaj, LOL, Nicki Minaj asking the same question I asked yesterday. Literally, who is DJ Peter Rosenberg? And why does he feel he can regulate conversations between black people? These are questions that should be answered. Let's go to the tape. Another video that won't be able to be monetized, but who cares? It's all about the content. We do it for our people. You know what? Like, I get it. Like, that's what you do. I guess to me, I just don't know your resume. You Ooh, I don't know your resume. So here's here's really what I want y'all to call in and tell me what the hell is going on. What is this shift into black popular culture with Candace Owens and Daily Wire? Is it? I need somebody to help me think this this through. I am befuddled. You know what I'm saying? So I never found you funny. I never found you entertaining. I never found you smart. Damn. I just found you annoying because mm. you know. I grew up in New York. Well, I've grown up on Hot 97, like, you know what I'm saying? And I've, I know, I know Angie and I know Flex and Mr. C and all these people. And uh, Ken Ra Devine said Cat Williams on Joe Rogan dropped an hour ago. Why are you going to tell everybody now, man? Now they're going to leave here and go watch the interview. We're going to watch it after, man. We're going to watch it after the Griff Report. Cat Williams on Joe Rogan. We're going to watch it after the Griff Report. Hold on, man. I keep my show um going damn whether they like me or whether or not we get along i just know their resume so it's that's why it was so easy for me to pick up the phone and talk to flex and be like what the fuck are you talking about you know but like with you i was just like who are you to me you don't have enough of a resume to make those comments but you know you did and it is what it is um for whatever reason our paths were meant to cross like that so well, it's over you know what? Like, I get it. Like, that's what you... Okay. So, as you can see, Peter Rosenberg is not exactly the most popular guy. Um, Let's go. Let's go back. And let's go here. Let's pull this up. This is, this is where things begin to get spicy. So, Candace Owens says, she tweets February 28th. 2024, 12.35 p.m. Eastern Time. Pornography is an intentional weapon of mass destruction. It was designed to weaken men with an understanding of their physiological responses. It is also designed to drive men further into perversion. Time to look into the history and profiteering of pornography. So someone responds. And here's what they say. The response comes from a one Anthony Coke. Anthony Coke. Orthodox Jewish Miami Vice. Grandmaster of the Knights of Jew Seder. I think he's a troll. This, this is this feels very trolly. Is he a troll, y'all? Let's see. Let's see if we can find some evidence.
Maybe he's not. Maybe he's serious. Now this dude's serious. Wow. Oh, he's serious. Okay, let's go back. All right, I just want to know if we need to take this tweet serious or not. So he says, Candace Owens now straight up doing the Jews invented pornography to destroy Western men and Western society shtick. The American freak right strikes again. Um, and then he gets community noted where they say she didn't reference Jews at all in her tweet. Uh, now, I don't think my audience needs any introduction into the history of pornography as it relates to Jews. You know, it's funny enough. I got a Jewish homie. He's actually going to be at the Grifties. Shout out to my homie. And we had dinner one night. And we were talking. And you know what he said to me? He said, you know, before I was in this industry, I was doing data analytics for Pornhub. I was like, oh, shit, Jews in the pornography. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro. He just came to dinner, just solidifying the stereotype. <laughs> Ain't even hiding it. <laughs> he good peoples, though. But I mean, I don't think it's any mystery of who has owned the big screen. Who has owned the big screen? And as the folklore goes, it's because they were blocked out of other industries that they had to move into film and alcohol. That's at least that's that's how the story goes. Uh, Anti-Semitism would not allow them into certain businesses. So they moved into, uh, you know, advancing theater and film. And along with film comes a little bit of booty shaking, you know, a little bit of pornography. Um, and then there's this one video. I'm not going to play it, but he goes into the history. It's like a Jew admitting that Jews created pornography. Well, not created, but I think what it is, is they were, um, they proliferated it. They, they really turned it into like the industry that it is now. It's no secret. It's not anti-Semitic to tell the, the, the history and truth, right? Um, but it is what it is, right? Uh, and then there's also the whole thing about World War II and Germany and Dolph and how, you know, people say Dolph was burning books. Well, have you ever asked what books he was burning? According to lore, he was burning in pornography books. A lot of like trans stuff in there, too. Um, and then there's this other thing about. Um, you know, who pushed the gay revolution and it's credited to one of the Tuttle Diggers. It is, is what it is. But my question is, why is Candace Owens going down this platform? Why, why is she going down this lane? Now, I want to hear from you guys when you guys call in. Um... What you what's your speculation? But my speculation is. Matter of fact, I'm not going to give my speculation. Now, nah, I'm kidding. I'm going to give it to you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, motherfucker. Um, controlled opposition. I think it's controlled opposition. Right. So it's like what, what it could be is. First, before we get into the whole. Woo woo. Ten four. Koofy. Let's keep it at the very basic level of business. 
because it could just be good business. So you have um, Ben Shapiro and the rest of those guys taking a hard line stance, you know, uh, this is a hard right stance. Well, they're going one way on the Jewish question and she's going another way on the Jewish question. So in a way, it's kind of like you get to corner the market, right? Because if everybody just went one way, you'd only get one audience. But if you can say, hey, look, let's use the black girl to get that audience, then I'll have the audience over here. And then because we have both audiences, they'll create confusion and conversation and it's going to be more dollars. And then the people start fighting and that's more dollars. So at the end of the day, it's good business. Okay. Now, Tim for Kofi take is control opposition. Um, so my brain wanted my mind wanted to pull something from history. Um, so what do y'all know about the Rothschild sacrifice of Jews to push the migration of Jews into Israel? Y'all ain't heard anything about that? Anyway, I don't know the details. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's something that's out there. It, it, and, it, and it has it has a lot of truth to it. Right. So there may be a situation where in order to increase power or to increase anti-free speech legislation, you have to create the problem. Hegelian dialectic, I think is what y'all call it. You create the problem so you can provide a solution. So maybe that's what Candace is, is she's the person that's been commissioned to create the problem and then sort of. She's also like a honeypot, right? She could also be a honeypot where her rhetoric collects data. So when she says, who creates the prawn industry, I want to do a deep dive into this. Then you get the people in the comments with their anti-Semitic remarks. And then, you know, the powers that be get to catalog those names, catalog that data. What are they saying? How are they saying it? And it provides ammo for, um, uh, uh, the Anti-Defamation League, right? So that could be a part of this. Could be a part of this, okay? Um, Be careful. Hey, man, listen, man, I'm trying to be as careful as possible on this subject matter. <laughs> you know? But I'm safe because I got Jewish friends. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Hey, if you could have a black friend and not be racist... I could have a Jewish friend and not be anti-Semitic. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. All right. Now. Um, oh, okay. That's all I have to say about that. That's all. That's, that's it. That's enough of that segment. I'm talking spicy, Jay. Look, I'm just telling the truth. I ain't talking spicy yet. I could get spicy. Um, let's go here. Staying on the topic of Trump and them and what's going on. Let's pull this up. Do I have both clips or is it one on the other? Okay. It's one after the other. Okay, here we go. So we got a, a couple of clips here from Charleston white. And I think he's somewhat close to the truth here, or I can say that I somewhat agree. Let's listen. No Republican uh, panders to black people. 
Only Democrats. <laughs> so he actually dropped that shoe for white people. Mm, what do you say? No Republican panders to black people, only Democrats. This is true. Says he dropped the shoe for white people. I think that's true. Yeah. He made it known. Now, the dude is the dude running this podcast. He seems surprised when he said Trump made these shoes for white people. Does he think Trump made these shoes for black people? <laughs> you think Trump was like, yeah, let's let's drop some sneakers for black people. Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't know. Let's continue. Oh, uh, didn't it sell out pretty quick? No, it did fact, it's gone. Gone. So do you think he did that for black people? He didn't even market that to us. And 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 and, and what's he listen, homie, this is what they know. They know black people are not reliable during the voting process. We have the lowest voter turnout every election. I think that's false. Let's fact check. Um, voter. I, I could have sworn it's Asians. Voter turnout by race. I could have sworn Asians is the lowest. Hispanic. Y'all see right here? All right, let's take a look. Let me see. Let me let me put my eyes on this. It's consistent across the board as far as who's on top. Wait. Citizen voting age turnout. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's the right chart. Um, 2008. Oh, that's Obama. So at that point, you had a 70% turnout rate and non-Hispanic black was leading 2012 Obama again black people led then we get 2016 you guys remember that election and it was non-hispanic white then black then other then hispanic so other would be asian so the truth is hispanics have the lowest voter turnout then other which would include asians yeah, Asians don't fuck with us. 2022. Okay, let's look at 2020. Yeah, 2020 is Hispanic. Hispanics at the bottom. So I just want to fact check them because I'm like, I don't think that's right. I think we're right below white people as far as voter turnout. Anyway, let's go back. Maybe he was talking about in the context of, you know, white people and black people. And it's so I throw some bail. Low that it's shameful. That's why nobody comes to us and say, hey, what do y'all want? And we'll give it to you. That's why they can reject things that Ice Cube sent to them because they know what? Those group of people have the lowest voter turnout. And not only that, they are the least informed. So who relies on these voters? Not only that. They are not known for giving campaign donations. And everybody know that these people are into campaign donations. Part of these shoes, campaign funds. So why would I pander to you guys when you don't vote and you don't bribe? We run the culture. We shift the you culture. You don't vote 
and you don't bribe. What does you running the culture have to do with us making law? Mm. You run a culture, but guess what? We own your culture. Right. White people own the culture. No, 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 no. White people don't own the culture. Uh -oh. A handful of Jewish people own your culture. I don't know if this episode is going to make it, y'all. I condemn all acts of anti-Semitism, all rhetoric of anti-Semitism. I condemn the words of Charleston White. <laughs> White people own land, banks. I thought the Jews owned the banks. Real estate, stocks, deeds, trade secrets. We don't own your culture. The Jewish people owns your culture. Jews are very nice people. Jews are very, very nice people. I love Jews of all types and varieties, except for the ones that be digging tunnels. So we don't pander to you because you don't matter. Your vote don't matter. Your voice don't matter. That's why every police shooting, we listen to y'all for a while, then we tune y'all off. We don't matter. So, nah, homie, they're not thinking, homie, listen, nobody is thinking about us this election. That's why you don't see. Go to the second part. He cooking a little bit. We don't matter. So, nah, homie, they're not thick, homie. Who said I ate a bagel for breakfast? <laughs> Listen, nobody is thinking about us this election. That's why you don't see the get out and vote or die campaign. Remember I said that? Goldstein said it, Unks, we all said it. Ain't nobody thinking about black folks this election, which was so weird to me that the Republicans or the conservatives or the right wing, whatever they are, the red whites, the reactionary movement. It was so weird to me that, you know, they, they had this they changed their posture towards blacks. It was. Anyway, that's why you don't see them using your rapper, your celebrity saying, hey, y'all got to get out and vote. Remember, they used to do that. Yeah. Vote or die. Because homie Diddy was pushing that vote or die shit. Wait. They don't care no more. They realize, homie, it's to none effect. Yeah, the back. I hate the background music. Yeah. We, we haven't. We don't swing no elections. I don't know about that one. I don't know if we swing elections or not. I would need to speak to an expert like uh, uh, Sonny Johnson on that. I think we could swing elections. Because usually what happens is, you know, white folks are usually dead smack in the middle, 50-50, and they need somebody to break the tie, right? That's what that, you know, extra 12% or whatever for the black vote comes in. So I don't know about that. What do black people own? Do we own anything? Uh, what do black people own? The Weather Channel. Well, technically he got a white wife, so, okay, so we don't own the Weather Channel. Um, what do black people own? What do black people own? What do black people own? Damn. I'm stumped. 
Most of us have sold our masters. So from Future to Lil Wayne, Tina Turner, uh, most of us have sold our masters. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, Michael Jordan. Nightclubs and Jordans. We do own some nightclubs. We definitely own some nightclubs. Black people own words and style. A lot of kicks. I'm under the impression that the Electoral College decides who's in the White House. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, uh, all of their jerseys. Who said white women? Come on, bro. Uh, And the white boys, Coliseum, stadiums, they're, you know, uh, nigga, I don't think we own nothing. Damn. Damn. That shit. I mean, that's some real shit. Nigga, I don't think we own nothing. Oh, so, so I gotta ask you, say right there because our cars and clothes—that's about it. Yeah, and you know media, yeah, 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 we we own shit that don't appreciate everything. Everything uh, depreciates. Uh, but hold on, say right there because we got gold. Gold. Yeah. We got a lot of gold. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We- now that is one thing I'll say. People have talked about, you know, rappers buying jewelry and whatnot. And uh, although they probably pay pay over uh, because there's labor going into some of the custom pieces that they make, they probably pay more than what the actual Jews and stuff are worth. However, just like the red whites are like, I buy gold and I buy silver. Well, if black people are buying gold, technically it's the the same thing right so i was one of those people when i was ali shakur i was like yo ain't nothing wrong with having jewelry like that's something that you're supposed to do you're supposed to collect jewelry right you're supposed to collect this gold and these precious metals that's what the wealthy do right so i think that is one thing we do get right we got we got a lot of gold (laughs) so wait wait so trump um trump was at a rally he's like Man, the lights are so bright. All I see is black people. <laughs> yeah, the black. All I see is the black ones. And then, and then he goes off to say, like, he's like, man, I don't know what clip he's talking about. What is this? All I see is black people. Trump. What clip is he talking about? Where? I'm about to check. Oh, let me check Google. When did Trump say this? I don't remember this. Oh, this let me show new. you how we do stuff around here. Oh, this is new. Hold on now. Let's let's take a look. See if let's see if this is fake news or not. That's that's really what I want to see. to be here. Tonight with Crooked Joe Biden's absolutely worst nightmare. Hundreds of proud black conservative American patriots. This November, black Americans are going. Oh, this was at the black conservative thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. To tell 
You all watch The Apprentice, right? They're going to tell Crooked Joe Biden, you're fired. You're fired. Get the hell out of here. Everywhere Joe Biden puts our citizens last, I will put you first. I want the clip. That's a whole seven minute video. Anybody got time for that? Where is this? Is this real, y'all? Is this clip real? Watch the whole speech. We ain't got time to watch the whole speech. He was joking about white people. I only see teeth in the dark. Is a normal, everyday, quasi racist joke. It's not that deep. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would take offense to that. Trump was being sarcastic, referring to how Biden panders to the black vote. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So let's go back. Because the next statement I do remember. And I've been indicted so much, the black people just said me. I go indictment. And he he's just saying this shit. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I know, and I know Trump, Trump's your guy. But when he's saying, when he's just pandering us like that, like, wow, I, I've been indicted so much that the black people take me as one of their own. I'm like, wow. But, oh, but, wait. But this- I don't think Trump said that. He's not talking to us. I, I know. <laughs> Boy, here. Oh, uh, he's, he's doing that to evoke a reaction. Same way when I be talking about man, he pepperwood white folk, woo woo woo, homie. He's using that as talking points to generate a base. Uh. So he's kind of using like reverse racism, like mm. reverse racism. And he's reminding black people, the people that y'all vote for, are the ones that put these criminal laws over y'all. Mm. Mass incarceration law. So what he's doing, he's reminding black people that all the trouble and crime that they've been into is associated to the president they voted for. He's using rhetoric, homie. But we getting stuck on his words and not paying attention to his rhetoric. Nah, homie, he ain't talking to us. He talking to his base, just like they talk to their base when they come tell us vote or die. Just like when Hillary Clinton had the hot sauce in her purse. They're talking to a base of people, homie. This is political rhetoric. What he about to say right here is the realest shit. And black people don't know how to recognize because we listening with our emotions. We ain't listening for the, the, the hidden. Nah, homie, we, we, uh, we tune into politics with our emotions and we don't understand the political rhetoric that comes with this shit that play on our emotions. Mm. So Biden himself on the other side, you know, of course he's getting old. He's- that's, that's real. That's real. From some of the reactions I see from what did nerd call him? At blacks. APP blacks, at blacks, blacks that be on these apps. He called them at blacks, nerd Nash at blacks. I love that we're specific about this because we can't say all black people. We can't say black people at blacks, like these new blacks, these brunch boots, Negro blacks, these leftist blacks, these liberal blacks, these progressive blacks, these black lives matter blacks. They do look at politics from their emotions and not from from logic. I see a lot of emotional reactions. That is true. 
That is true. And I mean, it goes across the board. It's not just them. I mean, the right is just exhibiting um, a plethora of evidence that shows that they're also uh, emotionally uh, controlled by uh, some of these things. Um, Some of this rhetoric and content. Hold on a second. I want to pull up. Did I see? Okay, this is one. I, I like to highlight other people that I follow. You know, because today I saw somebody started following Shaq Toshi because he called in yesterday. I like highlighting people, you know, show you who's in my network, et cetera, et cetera. All right, here we go. So uh, Steph had a couple of good tweets here. This is Steph is dope. He runs uh, Noir BNB, uh, Airbnb competitor. And he says, uh, the same demographic who spent years and built careers demonizing black men uh, like a KKK grand wizard on here crying, throwing up because Joe Button did an interview with Candace Owens. Shut up. Just because you use Shea Butter doesn't mean you're not an enemy. You're the ops too. Damn. So he's, he's really talking to a black audience here and basically saying, you know, these at blacks are um, they're cock blocking. They're cock blocking, uh, but they ain't cock blocking when it's um, when it's Biden. He's got another one here. He says, where are the valuable where are the black politicians that discuss policy and show themselves doing valuable, beneficial work for their communities and constituents? All I ever see is them crying about Republicans complaining about something trivial and trying to take away everyone's gun rights. So, you know, um, he's definitely talking about them blue blacks, them congressional, them black, what is it called? The Black Caucus Congressional Committee, whatever the fuck, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the toxic blacks that um, are supposed to be representing us in Congress. That's what he's talking about. And they're they're pretty, they're pretty bad. I mean, I, I listen, I don't even know how. um why can I never remember her name? The one that looked like James Brown. What's her name? Why? I never can remember her name. And she sits on the House uh, Financial Services Committee. And I'll be listening to the to the hearings. And I'm like, yo, why is she here? I, I, I say that about majority of people on that committee. I'll be listening and I'm like, yo, bro. So when they have the House uh, Financial Services Committee hearings, I think uh, the, the speaker there is a uh, bar. His name is bar last name bar B A R. And, uh, what they do is they usually bring in experts to testify or whatever the hell it's called. And he's like, you know, cross examining the witness or whatever this situation is called. Right. And, um, usually they look like idiots because the people are like, yo, what kind of question was that? Like I remember bar asked a question about basil three, right. And basil three has a lot to do with, um, raising the uh, reserve requirements for banks. And, um, you know, he said something about Basel three and the guy was like, um, that's not even mentioned in Basel three. And it's like, you asking questions about stuff that you don't even know what you are talking about. Maxine Waters. Thank you. Maxine Waters. I can never remember her name. I did a whole ritual on trying to remember her name. Like I, I, I said her name over and over again. I did a bunch of things. I cannot remember that woman's name. And it's probably for a reason that I do not understand yet. Um, but yeah, that whole House Services Financial Committee, I mean, most of them, I guess all of Congress is just trash. Even when they had the uh, 
the people come in talking about big tech and big tech censorship. I'm like, what kind of questions are these? You guys aren't even cutting to the root. Just wasting our time. Um, all right, let's go back. All right, let's end off here. I got a little big brain lesson for y'all today. You know, I can't, I can't let y'all leave out of here without enriching your mind. So, uh, Raw Alerts is basically saying that, well, I'll just read it right here. It says, thousands of ex-creators, including our account, have been hit by a significant ad revenue sharing pause, causing major concern across social media site platforms as many creators are reportedly canceling their premium memberships. Currently, thousands of ex-creators, including our account, are facing a significant pause in ad revenue sharing. This has raised major concerns across the social media platform, leading to many creators, both big and small, reportedly canceling their premium subscriptions. Uh, the problem seems widespread, affecting accounts of various sizes, with thousands facing demonetization almost every day. And he tags uh, Elon here, um, Linda Yaccarino, and others, and then he has a video here playing of all the accounts that have been demonetized. Now, the day before this went out, which in a way seems quite prescient uh, of myself, Mr. Jesus Hotep, because here's what I wrote. I'm going to pull this up for you guys are not aware. I have a daily newsletter and I basically... I, I disclose some gems in my daily newsletter. Every 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 day I send a gem, you know, uh, something that I either I discovered or discovered in the past or, you know, something I'm going through. I share that with you. So I'm very open uh, with my audience. OK. And. Um, it's this one. OK. Um. Is there like a link to this? I wonder if there's a way. Hold on. Um, it used to be. All right, it's all good. Let's do it like this. Um, all right, let's put this on your screen. And then you'll see it here. Okay, so it reads like so. I said, my intuition told me that the quality of content on Twitter would decrease when Elon started paying users to tweet. But that demon is more insidious than I had anticipated. More and more Twitter users are selling out for Elon bucks. Um, we can't even call them content creators because they don't create content. They repurpose slash steal other people's viral content. But what will they do when Elon closes that program or becomes less profitable? Do you know what I've always put above making money going viral and even marketing? Branding. I've always preferred building a brand over everything else. This is a long-term strategy. It's something that no one can take from you. It's the reason why people will follow you anywhere. It's the thing that makes friends and family talk about you. When Elon cuts off the faucet, where where will these people quench their thirst? Their followers will hardly remember them. They are only an aggregate of news and clips you can find anywhere. They are not memorable. They will be forgotten. And if they are remembered, what will they be remembered for? The guy that posts viral videos? How do you pass that down to your son? While they spent time looking for a quick buck, 
They lost time learning how to build an audience around a brand. But most importantly, they lost time learning about themselves. I call these people chasers or grifters. They chase hustles for quick cash. But I couldn't imagine going through the stress of always looking for the next hustle. Building a brand comes with peace of mind. Every year it grows stronger and requires less and less attention, which allows you to focus on you. In a decade, they'll be looking for the next hustle. You'll be chilling on a white sand beach, sipping sweet Mai Tais with big booty Asian girls, giving you a good rub down because you sold your brand for millions or billions. Billions. One approach gets you money now. The other approach gets you wealth forever. Take the long-term approach. Don't sell out for Elon bucks. But how do you build a brand that creates a cult-like following? Try Dominate Twitter, the guide that all the popular influencers have read. Hotepjesus.com slash Twitter. Thank me at a million. P.S. I can't help but question if this brand killer is part of the bigger design. What if by having people set their souls for Elon bucks, the big brands have less competition because fewer brands are being created? That's one hell of a plan to kill competition. Think about all that's being stripped from us when new brands are not being created. Think about all of the inventions that could have been. Think about all of the ideas that are lost to quick cash. Man. Uh, so that's from my daily newsletter, hotepjesus.com. You can go there and sign up or hotepjesus.com slash sub. And uh, I drop gems on you. And you might need to have a little bit of higher IQ to pick up on what I'm putting down. But the lesson here is about brand building, right? So like I said, you have some people who just come up with quick hustles and they get money and they make a lot of money, right? But they're always having to chase that next hustle, right? They always have that stress of, okay, where's the next bag going to come from? Instead of slowly building a sustainable business, right? And I've always been about like, you know, I'll just build a sustainable business. Uh, in the past, where I went wrong was I always try to help people build their business. Men of Order is my first opportunity after spending two decades helping other people build their brands. I finally was able to sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to build my own fucking brand because I know how to do this shit and you motherfuckers don't. So what do we have here? We have a situation where um, instead of being a quick cash hustler, you're building a brand. Now, let's talk about brand building for uh, for a second here. And my brain, my brain forked. So I have to choose which one of these directions I want to go in. Um, all right. So what is branding? Branding is consistency to the third power times reputation. Consistency to the third power times reputation equals branding. That's my own formula. It's patented. So don't try and steal it and act like it's your own. I created that out of thin air. So that's branding your reputation to the third power. I'm sorry, consistency to the third power times reputation. Okay. So branding really equals reputation. Okay. But it's the things you do consistently over and over and over again. Now, what happens is you have two types of money making schemes, right? You have the brand building scheme and then you have the quick cash scheme, right? So a quick cash scheme could be something like drop shipping or 
you know, Amazon sellers, right? And, you know, doing a whole arbitrage thing. So basically what you're doing is the branding work is already done. You just got to buy the shit at a low price and sell it at a higher price. So basically you're just a, you're just a hustler, right? You're just like a fucking hustler slash middleman. So you become really good at being a hustler slash middleman. However, you know nothing about building a brand. You know nothing about marketing because the products you sell, the company who created that product figured out the marketing and branding, and you're just passing it along to the other person. Same thing with drop shipping. When everybody came out with the fidget spinners and they came out with the uh, the boogie boards or whatever those hoverboard things were called, the marketing was built in. All you had to do was sell it, right? Um, so now the same things happen online where People don't create viral content anymore. They steal people's viral content. So at, at that point, you never even learn how to make viral content. Now, if you had to sit in the trenches and make content over and over and over again, you learn, okay, here's what works. And then you can duplicate that for various industries. I'll give you an example. Hold on. And for anybody who doesn't know this, like biz dev and marketing is my expertise. Like that's what I've been doing for 20 years. Biz marketing, biz dev and marketing. Um, and I used to tell I used to tell businesses that I, I used to consult, like, you know, marketing isn't really it. It's it's about branding, right? And it was funny because I was listening to a a, a marketing podcast the other day, and it was um uh, Neil Patel's podcast, uh, Marketing School, F fabulous uh, podcast. Listen to it every day. Um, and um, they were talking about, you know, these hundred million dollar companies and uh, top of funnel, bottom of funnel and all these hundred million dollar companies are talking about, you know, return on ad spend and spending money and spending on advertising. And he said, it's come to a point where it's so saturated with ads now that the cost of a click is not as cheap as it used to be, which means your ROAS, return on ad spend, your ROAS isn't as high as it used to be. So he said what they're doing now is they're having to go back and take a look at, well, what are you doing as far as branding is concerned? And I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, yo, this is the shit I said five years ago, where like, if you don't have a huge budget, let's focus on branding so that whenever we run an ad, at least we're getting some long-term value. But the issue is with a lot of companies is they're rushing to meet numbers so they can go get another round of, um, of investment, right? So you got your seed round and you got your series A, series B. Really, they're just trying to get the next um, round of investing. They're not actually trying to build a business. They just want the next round of investing. And investors are looking, well, what was the growth for the last period? What is your AAR? What is your ARR? You know, all these different things. So that's why I had to get away from consulting because it's like nobody really wanted to build a business. They just wanted to get to the next round of funding. And I, I thought that was really peculiar. So um, I'm, so I'm listening to the podcast and I'm like, wow, this is shit I've been saying. Focus on branding. Right now, the issue is everybody knows how to steal viral content and make that viral content go even further. Like, you know, a fight video. It's like, OK, so you make fight videos go viral took a lot of brain power to do that. 
Meanwhile, you got this guy who tapped Jesus who's over here and he's mastering branding. He's mastering branding and we don't have an ad spend and we do pretty good for ourselves. We like literally do almost close to no ad spend. Now there will be an ad spend in the future, but like I told the team at Men of Water, like now nah, we're going to stay right here in branding and tighten and tighten and tighten and make sure everything, because what happens is you got a funnel, right? They call it a funnel and you got the top of the funnel. That's where the ads are. And at the bottom of the funnel, that's where people purchase. So you pour people in the top of the funnel and then people purchase at the bottom. The issue is when your branding ain't tight, you got holes in your funnel. So you're leaking, you're leaking, right? But if you got tight branding, when people come in a funnel, they just buy because you've created a reputation around your brand. You created branding. So you might look at people like I had, you know, we talked on a phone call. We were talking about, you know, other people and how they got millions of followers and all of that. And I'm like, I kind of like where I'm at, you know, where I'm sort of like mid-level, right? Like I'm not super famous, but I'm also like not unknown either. And it keeps me in a nice little pocket and um, allows me to just continue doing what I'm doing, uh, which is branding and, and building a reputation and, and, and building a community. And um, yeah, so 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 you, when you when you look at something over the long term, I'm going to be laughing in 10 years like, yo, I told y'all, y'all still going to be on Twitter when we're in Hotepistan on the island, chilling on the beach, drinking coconut water, y'all still going to be on fucking Twitter grifting for Elon bucks. Because you never learned how to build a brand. So I, I, I implore everybody, if you're looking to get into business, I do consulting for individuals or businesses now. So if you want to holler at me, you can holler at me. We could talk, figure out what works for your budget. But um, and I do that every once in, you know, I probably take maybe two contracts a year as far as consultant concerned. I don't do any outreach. Again, my reputation precedes me. So people usually reach out to me and say, hey, I heard you're the guy I need to talk to. And I'm like, all right, you're right. I am the guy you need to talk to. And then, you know, we put something together. But um, I want you guys all to, you know, take this information. If you're looking to build a business, focus on branding. And branding has nothing to do with the logo. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Branding has nothing to do with the logo. It, it, the logo falls under branding, but it has nothing to do with logo. And But we're out of time, so I can't explain what branding is. I might drop a course. Actually, I am going to drop a course, but I'm not going to drop a course until Men of Order is a uh, six-figure company. And um, how far are we away from that? Hold on. I'll tell you right now how far Men of Order is from becoming a six-figure company. Two months. My estimation is about two months here. I think we're probably two months away from being a six-figure company, maybe three, depending. But Men of Order is technically going to be a six-figure company, but the goal is not to be a six-figure company. 
the goal is to be a fucking, you know, 10 figure company. Uh, and we already have a lot of that stuff mapped out too. Um, and another thing I've told my team, uh, over at men of water is, you know, I've never lost like in business. Like I've never taken an L well, I've taken a bunch of L's, but I've never had a business fail that I was in charge of. Right. And I'm speaking about mostly like my record label. Now we weren't measuring that in dollars and cents. We were measuring in the success of our artists and we had tremendous success for our artists. And I noticed that when I'm in charge, things tend to be successful. You look at the success of Hotep Nation. When I touch shit, the shit fucking turns to gold. I'm not here to toot my own horn, but fact is motherfucking fact. And I noticed that when I was consulting for other businesses, it's like I'm working for an idiot, you know? So now that, you know, I'm running Men of Water and I'm the CEO of Men of Water, this shit about to be crazy. It's about to be mad loopy. And and the, the fun part about Men of Order being mad loopy is we get to hire people. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. That's the fun part. So when somebody calls me up and says, Hotep Jesus, you know, I'm not doing too well. I got laid off my job. I go, well, we got job positions open in here. And now you can really start to help people. And and that's the fun part when we get to open up an office and start hiring people and, and really moving out here. Um, but anyway, coming back to my main point, once we become a six figure corporate uh, uh, company, I'm going to drop a course on how to make a six figure business. In two years or less. And uh, I'm going to be upfront too about how much money you need to spend. I'm going to be quite upfront about that because some people want to build a brand and they have the capital, don't know how to do it. So this isn't, and this is also geared towards people who have a following. I think I'm going to make the course for people who already have a following because it's different when you don't have a following. Uh, I can show you how to do it when you don't have a following. It's the rules pretty much are the same, but I'd rather deal with something that's, uh, you know, one to one comparison to what I actually did because I have a following built in. Um, all right, let's go to the phone lines. I got, you know, I got to bless y'all with the big brain shit. Um, oh, wait. Oh, I meant to show y'all this. Hold on real, real fast. So branding, right? So, okay, good. So uh, I'm sure many of you noticed that I've changed my strategy, um, my content strategy, right? I'm now going for these Gotham looking fitness videos working out, right? And uh, you can see some of the numbers here. Now, here's what's interesting, right? I'm going to show you something. So let's look at something like this, for example, right? It says, um, Antivirus software, 1,852 views. Workout of the day catches cam, 1,780, right? You see that? Well, let's do that. Let's compare apples to apples. So here's catches cam, workout, uh, workout of the day, uh, 67 likes, 1,780 views. Now, we did another one that was workout of the day. This one got 70 likes and 2,700 views, right? Now, the difference is this cost me $10 to make because that's how much the editor costs. He charges me $10 per video. This cost me nothing to make. Also, there's elements of branding involved here. The Men of Order hoodie. Uh, the, remember, we talked about consistency to the third power, consistently showing the same thing over and over again. Um, and then also me, IRL, right? 
fitness and in the motivations. Now, the thing I'm playing with now is what resonates with the audience. Now, I noticed that the highest one, the highest engagement was the uh, video on the cure for depression. And the lowest one is probably going to be this one here, which is about, you know, you know, making yourself better or whatever it is. And there's probably various factors that contribute to the success of this. But I wanted to show you this to show you the early uh, the early results of my new branding strategy, my new content. See, people call it a content strategy. I call it a branding strategy. And this is how we look at business different because people look at it as content. I look at it as branding. And that's why they lose and I win. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Because they're trying to create content. They're trying to create likes and plays. And I'm looking at it like, what is the impact I leave on your brain? What do you say about me? What do you think about me? And I said this in many um, interviews and meetings where I said, okay, there are two things I got to tell you now. How do you measure impact? You can't, right? So the reason why digital marketing has been so powerful is because people said that you can track attribution, attribution, you know, sales are coming from here and we did this and we got more sales. And I'm listening to the marketing podcast and he's like, yo, attribution is a black box. We have no clue where that sale came from. And he said he was being hyperbolic when he said this, but he said we can only see about 1% of attribution. The other 99%, we have no clue where it came from. For example, somebody clicks on Cash's Cam's link or Strong Dad, menoforder.com slash Strong Dad. He gets credit for that sale. Somebody clicks on menoforder.com slash Strong Dad, and we go, oh, Strong Dad is where that sale came from, when it could have been just me mentioning it here on a podcast. But what's not in that is, well, how many times did they see the brand? Did they see Cash's posted, then me, then they saw it on the show, then they saw it here, then they saw it. And then how long was that? Was this purchase decision over a course of 30 days, over 90 days? So you actually have no clue where these sales come from. And that's why I said you got to come back to branding, because if you can't attribute what you're doing in marketing to something, at the very least, you can build a brand, build a reputation. At the very least, you can do that. All right, class is over. Let's go to the phone lines. Text Hotep in your name, 202-596-5631. Text Hotep in your name, 202-596-5631. And I'll be right back after this short, brief commercial break. <laughs> 